Thank you for tuning into this week's podcast of the AFG Group. I'm Austin Fry, CEO of AFG. And I'm Bradley Anhouse, COO of AFG. Today we're going to be talking about the passing of an icon, a legend, marketer, and technological innovator. Then we're going to be discussing the protests going on across the country. Strategy, we're going to be talking about how social media is going to play a role in upcoming events. Moving on to mailbag questions, and lastly, we're going to recap some commercials, whether they're good, they're bad, they're ugly. So basically, it's going to be a new segment where we're going to give you our weekly picks. We're going to choose one advertisement from each of us. I'm going to choose one, as well as Austin, and we're basically just going to give you our view on these advertisements. Austin, you want to start us off? As many of you know, if you should know, uh, last Wednesday, Steve Jobs passed away. Steve Jobs was the one who made Apple who it is today. After his absence, after founding the company, he came back in 97. He pretty much led the technological revolution, turned the age digital, even though Apple doesn't really utilize a strong digital right. standpoint. I mean, even if you can say the fact that he, uh, the fact that he even started it is more of an understatement. He, he created the, his own market. He developed his own company, and if you believe it or not, back in 1976 when they started this, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak started this company on a little bit more than $1,500. Out of a garage. It's It was just unbelievable. and uh, So a company that today holds over $11 billion in cash. It's, it's, it's remarkable. And I remember the one quote that I saw on Twitter that really stood out to me was, three apples that have changed the world. The one that Eve bit into, the one that I, the one that hit Isaac Newton on the head, and of course the one that Steve Jobs invented. <laughs> it's a good way of putting it. It's a bold statement to be up with Adam and Eve, but right. I mean, so what do you think? How is this really going to affect Apple? I mean, obviously we know a couple of months ago he was announced he was resigning from his position as CEO. He was going to stay on the board of directors and he was going to just move over and let Tim Cook take the reins. And we spoke about that before on our first episode. Yeah. Jobs was more big picture in marketing. He wasn't as much day-to-day. Tim Cook definitely has the day-to-day under under control. But it's really, are they going to be able to continue to produce the kind of forward-seeing products that we're used to seeing from Apple, whether it's what the next generation of smartphones has to come, the tablets, or something we don't even know exists right. that... Did Steve Jobs leave behind his little black book for Tim Cook to look into? Or well, we'll, we'll soon see. I mean, none of us have the real insight on inside of Apple. So it's it's really going to be interesting to see how much of an impact Steve Jobs really had on that industry and how much of an impact he really had on that company, let alone his health. You know, the fact that he's now gone, you lose a major player just in that company, just that brain trust. You know, you lose a third of that brain trust. Yeah, he was really the driving force behind their marketing strategies. That's what he was. He was a marketer first and an innovator. He wasn't an operation. Right, I mean, obviously, you know the Apple commercials when the iPods were first released. You saw, you know, you had the white background, uh, the black figure that looked like a person dancing around, and you clearly saw the white Apple headphones. And, I mean, not just those commercials established his brand, but if you think about it, his black turtleneck established a brand. When you think of Steve Jobs, was the first thing you think of, his press conferences with the black turtleneck. He was always the forefront. Also, another thing Steve Jobs was noted for was his ability to see into the future. He made us jump into the digital age, look at music. Music wouldn't be where it is today without iTunes, and that was all Steve Jobs driving that forward. Uh, also think about it. They've created products that no one else has been able to even create competitors for. Just look at the iPod. 
Uh, well, you got the Zune. The Microsoft had the Zune, which I believe they also made fun of again in Two and a Half Men. Yeah, but <laughs> that's another discussion. Either way, you have the iTunes, the iPad, you know, you have all the com competitors in this tablet market, and none of them are really able to take away share. Right, and people were creating products around them. You know, people, Not the other people, way around. Exactly. People weren't making products, and Apple, you know, came back and made the iPad. It was Apple making the iPad, Apple made the iPad too, and then slowly you see all the other cell phone carriers starting to make starting to make these tablets. Motorola made theirs, Blackberry. And none of them have been able to hold a candle Absolutely to the not. iPad. They can't take any market share away from it. Even at their pricing points. Right. It, it doesn't even matter at that point. It's just they're pricing for such a such a well-designed product and such an efficient product. You just can't beat that. No, you can't. And so it's we, curious to see what happens in the coming years. It's not going to be an immediate thing. It's going to be when the time comes and the economy starts to shift and consumer taste shifts, where will Apple play a role in all of this? So before we move on, we just want to say rest in peace, Steve Jobs. Uh, moving forward, we're going to talk about Occupy Wall Street. If any of you don't know, it's starting to expand rapidly. It started. It's, it's going through the country. And please, please, if you guys are listening to this, please stop. <laughs> Just go find a job. It's, uh, I think my favorite quote so far from Occupy Wall Street isn't from anyone on Occupy Wall Street. It's from Herman Cain, who says, if, if you don't have a job and you're not rich, blame yourself. And, and, I mean, their message is the fact that they're all protesting on Wall Street, but their message is meant for Capitol Hill. Protest in Washington. But it's Wall Street who pulls the strings. <laughs> Some well, may well, say. Well put, well put. But, you know, if you look at... Their demands, yeah, but also, you know, heed the words of Mark Cuban, bust your ass and get rich. Mm -hmm. Stop. If you put that much effort into it, you could be making a different for, difference for yourself and making a name for yourself instead of making a fool of yourself, in my opinion. I, th I think the funniest is actually if you go on their website, not, not their Twitter page, their actual website, they advertise that they're the 1% of people who care. You really want to advertise that, there's 99, that the other 99% don't support you? You really want to advertise that you're only 1% of people that feel that, yeah, we don't have a job, so instead of finding our own job, let's, uh, let's yell and protest and hold up signs of the people who do have jobs and who are actually doing what we should be doing. Oh, yeah, totally. And what do you think of it from a marketing standpoint? Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's getting exposure, obviously. There's a lot of people out there, but I think... It's starting it, to expand, too. You see people oh, moving starting, into other cities. Right, it's I mean, starting it's, to hit there's one in uh, St. Louis we saw. They're, they're all over the place. It's starting to make an impact, you know, and I have friends that work in the area that are actually relocating their offices to Midtown and stuff. They're just tired of dealing with it. They right, I mean, people are even, some people who even work there, I mean, they're just in the way. I mean, I, when I used to work in the city, I used to hate the tourists who would just stand in Times Square and take pictures. I mean, now I have to deal with, you know, thousands of protesters that are just don't know what they're talking about. It's good overtime for the cops anyway. Hey, I love it. <laughs> um... Yeah, but that's the situation. I guess we'll see how it plays out. It's uh, been, what, two, uh, three weeks already? I think it's been it, going it might have been more. I think September 17th, I believe it started. So we're about the three-week mark. Right. Um, and you guys can clearly tell my standpoint on the Occupy Wall Street protests. Um, anyway, moving on to strategy. Speaking of Capitol Hill, uh, as you know, the elections are coming up. A lot of seeing who's going to get the nominations. For the, for the Republican Party, remember the Democratic Party already has their candidate in Barack Obama. Correct, correct. And essentially what we want to discuss is, with the election coming up, how are they going to utilize social media, even both parties, you know, right. even the Democrats. I think social media is going to play a large part because 
You know, it was the same fact last year, back in, uh, not last year, I apologize, last election, 2008, their main goal was target the young voters, because those are the kids coming out, and the only way to target those kids nowadays is through Twitter, Facebook, you know. And you look at it, if you look at the stats, um, a lot of it through for Obama was reached through social media, Absolutely. he played a big part in that, and I think it's going to play even more of a role this year, and the key is to target the right users, you want to target the right demographic through social media because Absolutely. it's so vast. you got to really pinpoint who you want to reach and how you're going to reach them. And if you do it effectively, it's definitely going to make a difference in your ability to stand out in the polls. I think the one way that they really have to utilize it is the one thing that I don't like from my standpoint. I'm, I'm going to say this right now. I'm right-wing. I'm extremely conservative, and I'm excited to see who's going to win the primary. I don't know who I'm voting for yet. Uh, but I think the main thing is, you know, one, yes, there are a lot of things that the Republicans are going to say that Obama didn't do, that the Republicans can do, but you got to voice that message, and you got to put that in layman's terms. That's the one problem that a lot of these uh, candidates don't do, is yes, there is that share of kids that, you know, let's say 18 to 25 are going to talk about. It's basically the ones sitting on the fence for the most right. part. Right, so I mean, you don't want to start bringing out all this political jargon. I mean, No, because we read a statistic a couple weeks ago, it was mind-boggling it was somewhere over 50 percent of americans didn't even know what gop meant it's it's absurd i mean you just got to put everything so those who put can, it in layman's terms and that's the beauty of twitter's 140 characters you you know a lot of the you can't get eloquent you, you <laughs> probably with a political one political word one political term will take up 80 of those 140 characters <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah you know you keep it keep it simple stupid and that's going to be the key because it's pretty much the undecided voters are sometimes some of the most uneducated right uneducated people out there so if you relate to them family guy said it best they did a whole episode where they were running an election and the simpler she put it when she was running for it the more response she got from the undecided voters right. that's basically going to be the key keep it down to layman's terms relate to them make it impact and that's going to who's really going to take hold in this election. I also think what they need to do is really, you know, if they're let's say they're campaigning in a state, you know, tweet that. If they can forswear it and say I'm here, where are you guys? Yeah, get the public involved, get them down to where you are. Let's say you're in New York City, you know, maybe you're at outside the Ernst and Young building for example in Times Square, tweet that you, uh Foursquare tweet it. Yeah, I mean, if you guys are on Foursquare, you're going to earn a bunch of badges if you go out to one of those. Exactly. They could even run a campaign through it. You never know. Absolutely. So I, I think those are the main standpoints. Is you know, another thing I would like the Republican candidates to do is really uh, the one pet peeve I have is the whole point of Twitter is the hundred forty character limit. That doesn't mean put a link in there. That doesn't mean check out our site and then put your link in there. Describe it a little bit. You have yes, you only have one hundred forty characters, but there's a lot you can do with that. Yeah, but if you use Hootsuite, when you shorten it in their link shortener, it doesn't actually take up any characters if you look at it. I, no, I understand that. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, no. sa I'm saying don't post the links. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no one wants to sit there. I mean, the whole reason why I love Twitter is I can go on and I don't have to read links. Like it's the headlines. Exactly. You get enough to get by in the day. We're going to move on to our mailbag segment here. Remember, questions, concerns, comments, you want us to talk about something, feel free to contact us. We could be reached at the AFG group at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter at the AFG group and we just created our new Facebook page facebook.com slash the AFG group any of those methods please drop us a line you want to hear us talk about something you like something feel free and we'll be sure to get to it alright first up today we got a question about the Amazon fire this is the supposed iPad killer and I put right. that in quotes yes um, 
Air quotes. <laughs> Air quotes, as we as you can't see me. But Amazon recently came out with their version of what they hope to take away some market share from Apple with, which is this fire. And one of the big controversies that came about after it was released was the cost of production. It costs $210 to produce, yet Amazon is selling it for $199. A lot of people are kind of questioning, why would they do such a thing? Well, I think it's a great tactic. Obviously, the iPad is selling... Uh, but basically, I mean, what it's trying to do is, like we said, it's going to be the the iPad killer, like we mentioned before. You know, the iPads and Apple is just notorious for pricing their products somewhat high, but for the but quality of their products, it's worth it. They create a demand, a need for something that's a luxury. You don't need it, but you want it because so, it's Apple. So we're looking at the iPad 2 right now, uh, coming out with iOS 5, which should be coming out, I believe, October 12th. Yeah, that's correct. So that's two days from now. And basically what it they're saying is this product is $499, starting at $499. That's with iCloud, with uh, iOS 5. So in essence, uh, Amazon is selling their product for $300 cheaper. Yeah, but it doesn't come with nearly as much. The key to Amazon's success, I think, is going to be within their app world, whatever it is. And um, it's a brand new operating system for them. And it's really going to determine you're going to have to go in there and you're going to have to put all these add-ons. That A lot of it comes on the iPad. But some of the complaints that people do have with the iPad is it's a little big, a little bulky, hard to carry around. Um, there's a lot of components in it that you just don't need, but... That's Apple. Apple goes over the top. But also remember that the Amazon Fire is not just a tablet. It's, it's combining their Kindle. Yeah, and but if you know, um, you could also get the Kindle app on your iPad. Right. <laughs> it's their first step out of what's called the e-ink, the digital ink, mm -hmm. and into more integrative and interactive software into. Now, what I like about it is I think it's going to get some sales, obviously, with the pricing $300 lower. And You're definitely going to get people who don't want to spend the money Right. For the iPad. But also remember, the reason why they're producing this for $10 cheaper, you, you're all wondering probably why, you know, if they sell 100 and they're selling for 10 you know, they're selling for $10 less than their production value, they're going to lose some money on that. But, Even with economies. But you got to remember, if, they, if someone wants to purchase an item on their Amazon Fire, they have to purchase it through Amazon. And that's where Amazon is going to make their money. And that's why they priced it lower. The whole point of it was to get that product out and really encourage people to use Amazon.com to buy their necessities. Obviously, they don't want you buying, you know, stupid little toys, but let's say you... Uh, games. Games, if you buy a pair of shoes, uh, buy some clothing, you know, Amazon's making money on that. Oh, yeah, they're going to make... It's, they're so, hoping on the back end, kind of subconsciously, to instill more sales because right. you're going to be carrying this little tablet with you wherever you go. Exactly. So, uh, in, in essence, I mean, what do you think? I think it's a pretty... I think it's a decent idea. It's a smart move definitely to price yourself substantially under Apple because you can't compete with Apple on price. You, it's hard to compete with it on quality. You really need that differentiating factor where you know price is going to play the role. You're going to have to undercut Apple. And believe me, Amazon was not shy on letting people know that this is, that this is cheaper than production. Oh, yeah, they were no. not shy whatsoever. It may raise some red flags to uneducated consumers, but that's, you know, that's the risk you run. Right. Um, next up, we have... Um, ESPN did a couple two weeks ago about the day right. before Trent, the new Transformers movie came out. They bought Transformers bought out the slot from twelve to one on ESPN at night. Um, and essentially, everything was a behind the scenes look at right. the Transformers so, movie, how they produced it, how they made it. Right. So the question we have right now is: Is this a good tactic? 
Now, you see a lot of other stations have done this. You know, FX Networks is notorious right. for it when they either their big shows, whether it was Rescue Me, and, you know, they have a very cult following. Um, so j just to clear up what we're basically talking about right now is the fact that ESPN sold out an entire hour, not to... Of ad space. Entire hour of and ad space to exclusively give it to Transformers. And the only commercial you saw in there was in between the Sports Center segments, in between was a two-minute... Was a two-minute briefing on you know a small two-minute commercial on Transformers, basically the behind-the-scenes. Uh, Shia LaBeouf did some talking. Michael Bay did some talking. The girl I don't remember her name did some talking. <laughs> she wasn't Megan Fox. That's no, she was not. She was cute though. <laughs> um, but yeah, so essentially, it's a good power play move. It's sometimes the question that raised that was raised in my mind was pretty much the time slot because really, who's who's watching TV at twelve right. to one on a Thursday? It's not like you know, it wasn't a Monday, it wasn't a Friday, it wasn't But I think Saturday, that's also the reason why they did it. You know, it was probably a cheaper alternative, and there are still people watching that. Yeah, and, they, you know, ESPN still has a very devout following throughout all times of the day. Um, it's pretty much, it's a good means. A lot of companies do it when they first release a show that's either being hyped a lot for a TV show, they do it. Right. To kind of complement that and draw people into it. Uh, it does work. It doesn't work sometimes. It really all depends... I would have went with something more in prime time, mm -hmm. maybe during... I think prime time just would have been so expensive. And no one really buys DVDs anymore with the options of Redbox and Netflix. And obviously we talked about it... Uh, and but... also, you know, another interesting move Transformers did in kind of accompany this concept was you could stream or rent and get the DVD straight from Paramount to stream it on your computer right. instead of going through an intermediary such as... Netflix or right, I believe it was four ninety nine for the HD version and two ninety nine for the standard definition. I I, I could be wrong. I don't quote me on that. No, I'm not hundred percent sure on the pricing, but you could get it straight from Paramount. No right. middleman involved. It's another interesting tactic they used with this movie to kind of change things up and try to get people more involved with Paramount directly instead of going through a third party. Absolutely. And lastly, last week. Apple launched what was supposed to be the 5, and then, you know, last minute, everyone's like, oh, no, it's not going to be 5, it's going to be the 4S. And their, and their stock price uh, showed that. <laughs> and it was, in turn, the 4S and not the 5 that everyone was saying for about a good month before this right. press conference. And, uh, you know, this is a typical Apple move. You know, they keep, they keep you on your toes. You never know what Apple's going to produce, no matter how many small little leaks that are mm -hmm. in that ship. But it does have some new features. Uh, the overall concept, the outside of it is completely the same. Inside, all new. Apparently, the battery life is supposed to last longer. I believe it's now a full eight hours on 3G service, three, uh, eight hours of talking. Uh, six hours Wi-Fi. Uh, something um, around that. And also the new, uh, the new feature, Siri, which is basically a personal assistant where now you can, rather than uh, things such as calling or making appointments, putting in your calendar. All voice commands. Exactly. That's a big step forward, the voice commands, because I many times I want to send a message and I'm driving and yep. I can't do it. I can't on my iPhone. But I'm still a droid person. <laughs> Stuck in the past. Yep. Not liking it. But either way, you know, it's a typical Apple play. Apple did, you know, they came out with the 3G, then they did the 3GS. It's the typical progression for them and should have told the uh, people on Wall Street that because their stock price reflected it. <laughs> Initially, and then it went, it rebounded. But also, the, do you remember the iPhone 4S did sell out on uh, their pre-sale day? It did, but you know, I remember reading yesterday, I believe, it, the demand wasn't 
initially as high as they thought it would be. They did sell out because everyone was waiting for this newer version because they're either tired of their 4 that they've had. Well, maybe just everyone loves new. Yeah, you know, I have the iPhone 4. I love it. I'm not running to get this one. I may wait. But, you know, it definitely it keeps people talking. It keeps people wanting more. Yep. That's really what it does. And that's, that's Apple. Apple keeps you talking. Just when right. you're about to stop talking about them, bam, a new product. So I think uh, I think we're good right now on the mailbag questions. Again, if you want to send us your mailbag questions, please feel free to email them to us. Our email address again is the group at gmail.com. You can also tweet us your questions. We'll be make sure we'll make sure to look at our timeline at the AFG group. Or you can post on our wall on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash the AFG group. And now we're moving on to our last segment of the day is kind of a recap of weekly ads that kind of stood out in our Minds in traditional forms so, of TV. You want me to go first? I can start this. Go off. for it. All right. So what I want to talk about, I'm not sure if any of you guys have seen it recently. Uh, I believe it just was released. Uh, it's the new Dr Pepper 10. Uh, it's basically a diet Dr Pepper drink. And, but what I like about it is that it's you know this is really continuing a new trend that we've seen lately with gender specific marketing. Started out with Weight Watchers for Men, and now Dr Pepper 10 has really. They made it blatantly clear. Right. They've boasted, and I mean, the tagline is e- even, not for women. Yeah. They, they blatantly say. The commercial pretty much runs through everything it's a, manly. It's an, a, it's an action movie where he's fighting snakes and dinosaurs. And he goes, she won't like this. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, basically, he says, uh, ladies, do you like this movie? Of course not. You know, just like you don't like this string. This is for men. And I, I like where, I like the direction that they're going, and I like all this, I like the gender specific. If you look at it, too, it's again on the trend of healthier eating, more, you know, when diet soda first came out, there was the big controversy that it was segregating against, that it wasn't con- including men. And that was true. You know, men were very hesitant. It's not manly to be drinking some diet soda. And now you got this push where they're trying to get men into it, I guess, right. again, reinforce that it's okay, you know, with the health conscious trend. It's just interesting to see it pair up with Absolutely. the Weight Watchers for men, which, you know, they don't go out and say, it's just for men. No, they're kind of trying to... S- subconsciously get men into it saying it's not just a feminine thing to lose weight not just to do weight watchers which is right. notoriously in my head growing up a female thing to mm-hmm. do absolutely but i mean you know men are men are looking to lose weight but the thing uh you know you don't you know, a lot of a lot of weight watchers is they have it on yogurts they have it on you know crystal crystal light or whatever bars yeah, yeah and that's not stuff we want to eat you know we you know we want to you want, we want to steak. lose weight uh, yeah <laughs> i want my steak i want my burger I, mean, I don't need to lose weight maybe austin a couple of pounds oh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i mean I, I like the idea i like you know men like beer you know you can now tell the difference they have the points values for a light and a dark beer that was another thing when light beer first came out they pitched it to women right so i definitely you know i just Moving away from more Dr. Pepper 10, I really do like this new gender-specific marketing. I think you're going to see a lot more of it in the coming years, and especially within the next six months, definitely. Um, the one that kind of stood out in my mind was for the new Mitsubishi Outlander. It, was, it opens up two people waiting at a valet to get their cars. And there's this woman holding a magazine. She's reading an article on the Mitsubishi Outlander, and this guy comes up next to her, and he quotes a line from the article. It's like the, she's like, yeah, you could find it right here. That says it right here. And she points to the words. He goes, yeah, no, that's cool. And then the valet comes up. You see him roll up in the new Mitsubishi Outlander. The guy gives him his tip. He shows a couple features on it. You know, he pops the seat forward to throw his guitar, his cello in there, whatever he's got. And she looks in envy at the window. She comes up to him and she's like, 
Can you uh, show me how those paddle shifters work? So basically, it was a failed attempt at a, at a... They tried to be sexy about it, and it miserably failed. It looked extremely corny. There was nothing sexy about it. She wanted nothing to do with him, and then she saw he was driving this hot new for, Mitsubishi. For a Mitsubishi Outlander? Like, if I'm driving that down the street, girls are really going to start coming out to my car? I mean, yes, maybe in a, in a Ferrari or something like yeah, that. Not, I mean, a, not an Outlander. First off, the Outlander was... They were showing minivan features. Yeah, they what, what, a, what single guy drives a minivan? B, what single late woman is looking for single guys in minivans? I'm not driving a minivan. <laughs> Neither am I. I'm going with the gas-guzzling SUV if oh it comes to God. that in my life. Uh, it, just, it was just, it failed miserably in our eyes. My eyes especially kind of stood out. It was just, you know, it, any of those types of ads, whether you're going with fear advertising or sexy advertising... There's that fine line between pushing it the right way, pushing it too far, and hitting the nail on the head... And they failed to hit the nail on the head, in my right. opinion. And uh, basically, I'm going to take a quick segment from ESPN and just say, you know, it, it just in terms, because it's Monday, you know, from ESPN to Mitsubishi. Come on, man. <laughs> and that'll conclude this week's podcast for the AFG group. Thank you again for listening. If you stuck through the whole thing, we appreciate it. And if you're still here, remember, again, you can email us, group at gmail.com, Twitter at the AFG group. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash the AFG group. Tune in next week to see what's new in the world of marketing. Have a good one, guys.